uh, this evening on the fear of God. And uh, I know that uh, I don't have very much here to share. And unless the Lord helps, there won't be very much that anyone receives from these thoughts. So let's ask the Lord to help. Father, we do ask for your help now. I confess my sinfulness and my need of your help and just uh, clarity of mind and faith and and uh, a granting of, of utterance and unction. Help us now. For your glory, we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. We live in a time when uh, there's not much said about the fear of God. It's always been true that uh, amongst the lost, there's no fear of God. That's one of the characteristics of a lost person, no fear of God before their eyes. Unfortunately, we live in a situation where uh, there's very little fear of God in much of what goes under the name of Christianity. And I was thinking today about the fact that throughout the scriptures, God has to come and say to people, fear not. Now that's significant. Because whenever God is on the scene, whenever God has any manifestation of his reality to people, what he has to say is fear not. But we are in the midst of a situation where because of the concept of God that people have, there, there uh, supposedly is no need for God to say that. Here's the way I wrote it out. If we have a concept of God where he does not have to say fear not to us often, we must have the wrong concept of God. Because in the Bible, whether the saint is on earth or in heaven, we find God continually saying, fear not. Simply because of his presence, his mere presence, brings forth the need for him to say, fear not. Well, that is one thought. Now, the, the actual passage that I was trying to deal with uh, today is one that you would think would not be that difficult. But uh, sometimes, for me anyway, things that I read over and it seems like I have a at least a surface understanding of, when I get to really thinking about it, I realize I don't get it very well. So let's turn to First John chapter 4. <clears throat> 
Now, while you're turning to that, let me just read a couple Proverbs. I won't have you turn to them. You're turning to 1 John chapter 4, but let me just read Proverbs uh, 23 and verse 17, which says, Live in the fear of the Lord always. So we're to live in the fear of the Lord always. And then Proverbs 28:14 says, um, "How blessed is the man who fears always." So we're supposed to fear God always. But here we have in chapter four of First John, we're told in verse 18, "There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear." Because fear involves punishment, and the one who fears is not perfected in love. So here we have a statement that says, perfect love casts out fear. Now, what I want to do is start up with verse 16, because I'm going to be trying to share some thoughts related to this section. So let's begin at 16. And we have come to know and have believed the love which God has for us. God is love, and the one who abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. By this, love is perfected with us, that we may have confidence in the day of judgment, because as he is, so also are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves punishment, and the one who fears is not perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. So, I mean, just on the surface anyway, if you read those verses from Proverbs and then this section from 1 John, you might say there seems to be somewhat of a contradiction between the verses there in the Old Testament and what God tells us here in 1 John. We should always fear God and yet we're told that perfect love casts out fear. So how are we to understand uh, this apparent contradiction? Well, we know it's no contradiction. Um, and I think the way to begin to get some help on understanding that is to realize that there are different ways in which the word fear is to be understood, especially in, our, in terms of our relationship with God. There is a fear of God that we must have and retain as Christians. And there is a fear of God that is cast out as we see more of the love of God for us in Christ. So there's a type of fear that must remain always there. There's a type of fear that will be increasingly cast out as we see more of God's love for us in Christ. Say it another way, there is a fear that is necessary for a proper walk with God, and there is a type of fear that God, that uh, will hinder our walk with him, even though it uh, was important as a means of showing us our need of Christ. So let's try to unpack that a little bit, uh, distinguish these kinds of fear. And again, uh, these are things that I feel like I'm not able to 
you know, nailed down exactly, and maybe after I share a few things, there, there can be some, some other things shared. Uh, it seems to me that in the Scripture we see a kind of fear that the Holy Spirit often uses to bring a sinner to see his need of Christ. And we could call that fear a fear of punishment. And God uses that to bring a person to see their need of Christ. I mean, why would you need Christ if there is no fear of punishment, no wrath of God? So God uses that type of fear to help a person to see their need of Christ. It is a terrifying fear, a cringing fear, a fear that actually in one way wants to make us run away from God. He's holy. We're not. And it revolves around punishment that we deserve for our sins. It's not wrong for a sinner to have this fear because God is holy and just and as an ungodly person, an ungodly sinner, God is angry with them. In fact, Christ spoke about this type of fear in Matthew chapter 10, verse 28. Where he says, And do not fear those who kill the body, but are unable to kill the soul, but rather fear him, that is God, Fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. There's fear of punishment, you see. And that God, and Jesus says that's important. Um, the writer of Hebrews tells us it is a terrifying thing to fall into the hands of the living God. So, terror, a a terrifying fear. But, when a person becomes a Christian, that kind of fear is increasingly replaced by a fear that is characterized by awe and wonder and worship, adoration, Reverence based not upon a fear of punishment, but based upon the great love that God has shown us in Christ. One type of fear gives way to another. It's still called fear in the Bible, but it's a different kind. More characterized by awe and wonder and adoration. Well, A.W. Tozer wrote of this type of fear, and he, he put it this way. He said, The fear of God is astonished reverence. I think that's pretty good. Astonished reverence. Not just reverence, reverence, but astonished reverence. I believe 
that the reverential fear of God mixed with love and fascination and astonishment and admiration and devotion is the most enjoyable state and the most satisfying emotion the human soul can know. He says fear, this kind of fear, is the most enjoyable state and the most satisfying emotion the human soul can know. So far from being a terrifying fear because of uh, punishment, it's a reverential fear uh, because of the great love that God has shown us in Christ. So this kind of fear is perfectly compatible with love for God and will increase as we see uh, more and more of God's love for us. So, I'm saying that the more we know and believe the love of God, the love which God has for us, the more reverential fear we'll have. The more we see of the love of God for us, the more fear of God we'll have of this kind of fear. The more we know and believe the love which God has for us, the less of the terrifying fear of punishment we'll have. This is what I think he's saying here. And as that as that's perfected in us, he says, um, by this love is perfected with us that we may have confidence in the day of judgment because as he is, so also are we in the world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. As that love is perfected in us, that fear of punishment is done. It's cast out. Christ's death on the cross for all of our sins is designed to deliver us from all of that type of fear. All of that fear that comes from a, a realization of our deserved punishment. Now, here's where it gets a little more difficult. <clears throat> because I have difficulty uh, with the concept perfect love casts out fear in the sense of can we arrive at that perfect love in this life? <clears throat> And the best answer that I came up with today as I thought over this was along the lines of we can have certainly times when we're aware of that so much that there is no, absolutely no fear of punishment. I mean, when we're filled with the Spirit, God just gives us that sense. Now, we can know it. We can know it all the time because it's taught in God's Word. But we don't always believe it. I don't know if that's why he said it the way he did, but he says in verse 16, we have come to know and have believed the love which God has for us. 
Now we can know that because it's, it's right there in God's Word. But we don't always trust it. We don't always hang on to it the way we should. We don't always abide in His love the way we should. And therefore, that, that fear of punishment is not always cast out. Even though we know that's the case because of what God has said in His Word. But when God comes upon us, when, when the Holy Spirit is, is filling us with, with our, our filling our hearts and minds with the knowledge of God, we are we're aware that there's no fear of punishment. Uh, I guess another way of saying it is we don't always abide in his love as we should because that's what he's talking about here he says uh, and we have come to know and have believed the love which God has for us God is love and the one who abides in love abides in God and God abides in him by this you see that abiding in his love by this love is perfected with us that we may have confidence in the day of judgment because as he is, so also are we in the world. Well, let me go on then. Uh, I'm kind of restating some of these things, I guess, just to try to bring home what I'm saying. Again, let me say that the great love shown on the cross is the means for us to increase our reverential fear. There is forgiveness with thee that thou mayest be feared, the psalmist says. And that same uh, love shown us on the cross is the means of doing away with our terrifying fear of punishment because of, of what sin deserves. That was poured out upon Christ. Now, if you've followed me, followed me thus far, let me make another distinction that may, you may not agree with this one, and we can talk about it. Since perfect love casts out fear, that terrifying fear of punishment, does that mean that all terror and dread of God is done away with when we become Christians? Well, my answer to that is I don't think so. And why do I say that? Because God is still God. He's still the infinitely great one, infinitely greater than us, infinitely greater than our thoughts of him, far above what human thought can imagine or express, dwelling in light, unapproachable, and awesome in majesty, and even if we're delivered from the fear of punishment, God is still God. The Apostle John that wrote this section about perfect love casting out fear is also 
the one who tells us that when he saw Christ in heaven, he fell at his feet as a dead man. Now, he didn't fall at his feet as a dead man because of his fear of punishment. That dread had been taken away. He fell at his feet as a dead man because of who Christ, seeing Christ clearer and in, in a greater reality of who he really is than he'd ever seen before. It, does, it, and it doesn't just say he fell at his feet. You might say, well, that's reverential fear. Yeah, it was reverential fear, but it was more than that. He fell at his feet as a dead man. Why don't we just turn to that Revelation chapter 1. Now, do you see the point I'm making? The same one who said that perfect love casts out fear is the one who, who when he sees Christ in heaven, falls at his feet as a dead, like a dead man. Um, chapter 1. And he's describing... This vision he has of Christ, uh, clothed in a robe, reaching to his feet, girded across his breast with a golden girdle, all these things about his hair and um, his eyes and his feet, uh, all symbolic of the greatness and grandeur of this one that he's, he's there before. And then he says this, and when I saw him, I fell at his feet as a dead man. And that's fear. It's reverential fear, but it's more than that even. And I know it's fear because uh, Christ has to lay his hand upon him and say, Do not be afraid. Why would he say that? It's because he was afraid. I am the first and the last, the living one. I was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore, and I hold the keys of death and of Hades. This reverential fear that we are to have and never lose is more than just the awe and the reverence. I, I and I say, I'll say it this way, I think that it includes some terror and dread even apart from the fact that there's no fear of punishment. God's greatness, his dignity, his majesty, his radiance and glory will be enough to put the most godly person in the dirt. even when perfect love has cast out all fear of punishment. So what I'm saying is reverential fear that we are to retain always, I think will include an element of trembling even in heaven because God is God. Not because of our sin, but because God is God.
So that's all I wanted to say. I'll summarize, and then I'll quit. God often uses the fear of punishment to cause people to see their need of Christ. That's right. Jesus said that's important. It is a terrifying type of fear that is based on a person's deserved punishment for sin. But when a person becomes a Christian, that type of fear should be increasingly replaced by a fear that might be called adoring, astonished reverence. And that includes things like awe and wonder and worship based on the Father's love for us personally in Christ. As we increase in our knowledge and trust in God's love for us, this kind of fear will increase and the terrifying fear of punishment for sins will more and more be cast out. Can that be perfect in this life? I don't know. I think there can be times where it's there's no fear of punishment. And then uh, it, it, it's not that we should fear punishment if we're a Christian. It's just that we're not always abiding in his love uh, and we're, there's not always that felt reality of the no fear of punishment. But even when we are perfected in love and totally delivered from the fear of punishment, and this is the last point that I made, I think our reverential fear will include an element of dread. Not dread based on our sin, but based on his sovereignty. just because of being in the presence of the almighty sovereign of the universe, the one who is a consuming fire of everything that's unholy, everything outside of what Christ has redeemed. And I think that's, I'll just close with the verse in, in Hebrews then, uh, chapter 12. Therefore, since we have received a kingdom, since we receive a kingdom which cannot be shaken, he's talking about everything else being shaken, but what, we, what we've received in Christ, what God has done for us in Christ because of his great love for us. Therefore, since we receive a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us show gratitude by which we may offer to God an acceptable service with reverence and awe. For our God is a consuming fire. That never changes. God is a consuming fire. Uh, and even when that is not personally applied to us because of our sin, because that's been taken care of in Christ, there still is that aspect of, of dread because of who God is. So that's uh, just uh, some thoughts on the fear 
of God.